Well, welcome back to Faith FM Australia. Oh, wow. No one has called in for our quiz. Yeah. I, I think we're about to break morning. a record. No. One, two, three. Oh, no. I don't know. No, no, no. We were on a par. This will be clue number four. And we have reached clue number four before. But this we is have. so hard. I think we might even hit clue number five. This is such an easy one. Come it's on, guys. Easy. Give us a call. What number am I? Okay. The chapter in Daniel that tells about Daniel in the lion's den. That was clue one. Before a girl's turn came to appear before King Xerxes, she had to receive treatments with perfumes and cosmetics for this many months. That was clue two. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one. The number of towns set aside as citizens of, oh, sorry, as cities of refuge. That was clue three. And it's now for clue obscure. four. It started with the easy one. This one, this one gets real easy. Okay, yeah. ready? Clue yeah. four. Mm-hmm. The number of days each week the Israelites were allowed by God to collect manna. Oh, come on. If you think you know the answer, you can call us 1-800-FAITH-FM. You can text us 0491-064-669. Jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, or just hit up the website and give us an email faithfm.com.au there's many there ways go. to get in touch with that and you can win stuff you can, absolutely. we will absolutely we send you something we DVDs to give away Lyle I'm so excited we are jumping back into the drama fueled ride that is Galatians <laughs> yes indeed we're heading back <laughs> to see what Paul is up to now in our <laughs> encounter with God section where were we up to with this we were talking about uh, we were talking about Galatians chapter 1 Mm-hmm. We were talking about how that he placed a curse on anyone who preached any gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. He placed a curse. He did. That's right. He was doing some yeah. really strong language. Oh yeah, he was. We're he looking was at like his strong language. Oof. Full on here. Got pretty feisty there. Uh, verse eight. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you other than that which we have preached unto you, let him be cursed. Wow. And, and then you've got that other passage over in, uh, where was it? Chapter four somewhere or other. Um, I can't remember it exactly where it is now. I'll have to dig this one out. But uh, where the Bible says, you know, I wish those that were trying to get everybody, make everybody, all the Gentiles be circumcised. He says, I wish they'd go and have themselves castrated. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was saying some pretty on. strong stuff at them. It was very, very full on. Anyway, we're coming back to the book of Galatians and we're going to pick up this uh, subject again. There are lots of troublemakers here. There is drama in this church. The troublemakers in Galatia uh, were claiming that Paul's gospel was really driven by his desire to get the approval of others. In other words, they're saying, hey, it's all just about yourself. Mm. Now, if it had been all about himself, what do you think Paul may have done differently here? Do you think Paul would have come in with uh, all guns blazing? Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard is that, is that the best way to win friends and influence people? Yeah, no, but I, not really, no. If you're trying to start like some sort of revolution or movement maybe, but that's usually not fueled for a desire for yourself. You, you want change in that regard, so yeah. And it's one of the things we notice, you know, Paul writes a lot of nice things at the beginning of his letters mm-hmm. and he says, you know, these how nice everybody is and he likes these people and he likes this church and he likes, you know, everything about them and you can read the introduction to so many, you know, read he praises Ephesians, God for this Philippians. And he thanks God for that. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And here he just comes straight in. He's like, hey, um, I'm an apostle. I'm actually a real apostle because I saw Jesus Christ um, and I wasn't made an apostle by the will of men, but I was made an apostle by God himself. And then he's like, yeah, grace and peace uh, from Jesus who gave his sin, who gave his life for our sins. 
Uh, and then he just comes in, I marvel that you have so soon removed yourself from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. That's verse 6. I just want to pause. Do you know what? I'm, I'm really, I love the fact that Paul is so confident about his calling. Yes. He's so confident about it that he can like stand up there and say this stuff and, and just be this bold because he knows that, that his calling truly has been his calling from God. I'm intrigued though, like how like... Do you think? Do you think? Do you think he sounds a little arrogant? Oh, I don't know. Like you, you, you could think that, but then if you think, you know, he really did get that calling from God, and he is, um, you know, he 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 owes it to the Lord to be bold for the Lord's cause. Yeah. I feel like anything less would almost be, I don't know, like he's doing a lackadaisical job of it. If he didn't, like you know, really stamp out the false the false gospel. It's a little bit like this. If you were a, I don't know, let me try and think of an illustration. Let's say you're a Land Cruiser salesman, but you have a sneaking suspicion in the back of your mind that the uh, patrol might be better than the cruising. I'm just like, uh, uh, for those Such of you who don't know analogy. me, I'm into four-wheel drives, right? Go so on. Go rather on than doing the analogy. Holden Ford thing, four-wheel drivers <laughs> do, the, do the Toyota Nissan thing. So, um, you know, but if you were a, a um, you know, had this little sneaking suspicion in the back of your mind that... Um, um, one of them might be better than the other. Would you do well as a salesman? No, you wouldn't. I think people could be able to. You've got to be absolutely yeah. convinced. Yeah. And if you are actually absolutely convinced, you're way more convincing. Yes, and you might sound a little bit arrogant because you're like, no, this is the best. There is no other. This is, there is not even a competition to this. This is just the greatest of them all. And this, yeah, and this gospel that Paul is preaching, it's it's so much more important than buying a car because this gospel is, you know, this is these are eternal lives that people are messing with. Yes, indeed. Now we have an answer to the quiz. Woo! Samuel has called in. Samuel, welcome to the show. Uh, no, my name is Matthew. Hello, your name was which was which? Sorry, uh, my name is Matthew. I was oh, Matthew. I believe we're number six. The no- yes. Congratulations, you Matthew. You got it. Congratulations. So well number six it is. Well done. What are we sending him? We are sending him a CD, right? Yes, indeed Ooh, we yeah. are. Yeah, Melissa Otto CD. Congratulations, oh, Matthew. Fantastic. Well, we'll yeah, pass you Matthew. back to the uh, to the to the ladies now, and they will take your details. And um, yes, congratulations. Good to have a caller through. Oh, I can't believe we got that on the fourth clue. I thought for sure we're going into clue number five. Yeah, I was a little bit worried there for a minute. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about Paul. Paul and his calling yes. and his confidence in his calling. Yes. I want to know. And Matthew sounded pretty confident in his calling us too. Yeah, he was very confident. He was like, the number is six. Absolutely. <laughs> but I just want to quickly ask you, Lyle, like mm-hmm. how, how, how can you be certain of your own calling? Like, how can you be sure that God has called you to do something? Because I feel like there's a lot of people out there doing crazy stuff yeah. and saying, this was my calling. Okay, the first thing that we need to do in relationship to our calling is to ensure that our calling is in line with the whole of Scripture. So not just a small portion of Scripture, uh, not just a passage here and th- here or there, but the whole of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can take one passage, and we discussed this last week, take it out of context, put it in any kind of context you want, and uh, you know just make up some doctrine around it. Or you can take your calling as Paul initially did, and it actually speaks about this. If you go to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 14, um, and Paul is saying, and it profited in the Jews' religion, 
uh, above many equals in mine in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions than the elders. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So Paul was more zealous for the tradition than the traditions than anybody else. His calling, his initial calling, was based on tradition, not the word of God, and okay. that's how that was why it was wrong. That's how it came unstuck. Mm-hmm. So examine your calling and ask yourself: Is this based on tradition, or is this based on the word of God? So that's where you start. Okay. And if you're basing it on the word of God, you can't go wrong. Amen. And of course, there are many different things that people call, that God calls people to do. And uh, a lot of those things, you know, you might have several different options and they're all good options. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe God is just sitting back and saying, hey, I created you with um, creativity and a brain and use it. These are all good options. Which one are you going to do? I'm not going to tell you everything to do. I want to, I want to see what you do and the choices that you make in doing something for me and in you know being creative in the way that you approach approach your life. Because he wants to have a relationship with you. He's not he going does. to be like do this, do that, yeah. do this, do that, do this, do that. He if wants everything to was interact. Just spelled and, out, you know? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes Christians don't like to think. I know. We want to just inject our brains, just be told what to do so we can get it over and done with and do it kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thinking is uh, God God created us with a brain. He expects us to use it to think and to make good choices um, amongst all. A whole wide variety of choices that he has given mm. to us. And so this is why the Bible gives you principles and says live by these principles. The Bible doesn't specify every little thing that you are to do throughout your day. Mm-hmm. As, as, as you know, I think people are looking for security sometimes. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm feeling insecure. Well, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do the other? And so it's like, oh, please, God, write it for me in letters of fire in the sky. And God's like, no, no. Engage I did not create you yeah. that way. I gave you a brain. Use it. I also sometimes think it's almost like spiritual laziness. like that. And, and, and I guess also in a way like, you know, wanting to earn their salvation. They just, just tell me what to do so I can get it done, get my ticks off, you know, get my little gold stars, work it all, you know, work down the, the to-do list, so to mm. speak. And at the end of it, I'll be good. Like I'll be, you know, worthy, so to speak. And you find this in any, with any religion. You find it mm. in any form of Christianity where you'll have a group of people who um, really is just about working down through a checklist. A checklist. And, of course, the Jews perfected this. Mm, they uh, sure did. You had the Ten Commandments, which are ten. Mm-hmm. Just, just ten. Just ten. They came from God. Uh-huh. God gives ten. God kept And then simple. they had about 600-odd ones that they added Whoa. to that. Yeah. And Man, they, they did, did not keep it simple. You know, I, I spent some time in Israel and, and made the mistake of getting into a Jewish lift on the Sabbath Uh-oh. in the hotel. It stopped at every floor because you're not allowed to push buttons on the Sabbath day. I don't read that anywhere in the Bible. Yeah, no, that's... that's yeah, you know, I, loved, I loved Israel. I loved the Jewish people. It was amazing to be there. But there are many things that are just not in the Bible. Mm. Um, and so we need to be aware. Let's, let's go by the Bible. God has given us Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. There is plenty enough there for us to work on without having to add a whole bunch of other ones uh-huh, to them. Uh-huh. And they don't enhance our relationship with him, those 600 and whatever. No. But the Ten Commandments certainly will enhance our relationship with God. Amen. Okay, so Paul has uh, been confident about his calling. What is he up to now? Okay, so this is, this is, here's, a, here's a question that we should consider. What strong words does Paul use to demonstrate the degree of his concern about what was happening in Galatia? 
Actually, I'm reading the wrong. I'm reading the wrong question. I was going to say we've already covered all yeah, these yeah, yeah, strong just, words. I just realised I was on the wrong page right there. Okay, why does Paul say it is impossible to be a follower of Christ while trying to please people? This is a good question because he was essentially being accused of being a people pleaser, which I think is something a lot of us today are. We're so scared of being, you know. I don't know, politically incorrect yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And so a lot of us just become people pleasers. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want stir to stir the pot. It's like, can I say that on radio? Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> of which I am the queen. <laughs> so, yeah, so it is. I think it is impossible to be a follower of God while trying to please people because I think the, the, the way that people want to be pleased are not always the way that God says we should behave ourselves. I think we should always try. To, yeah, we shouldn't. To yeah, we shouldn't try to be antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but we should always speak the truth. Yeah, we should honor God first, and then man. And if that's going to upset man, then that's too bad for man that time. And I think you know, some of sometimes I read some of the very harsh rebukes mm. that Jesus gives, and it's like, wow, that was cold. But then there's different ways of reading it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could read that same rebuke with tears in your eyes and with emotion. And it's going to have a very different message than if you read it like, oh, you terrible people, you know, and just um, slam it out there. You know, I was reading a book um, that really rebuked me personally. I'm about to get real personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and it was talking about, um, you know, because I, I like to think that I'm a bit of a straight shooter, that I speak frankly, and that, you know, there's, maybe there's a bit of heroism in that. There's absolutely not. Because I was reading this book, um, Desire of Ages, and it basically said, you know, Jesus, he, he would speak his scathing rebukes, but there was always love in his in his voice and tears in his eyes and just the gentlest delivery of these scathing rebukes. And he never, you know, never spoke an unnecessary harsh word to anybody. And he was just, yeah, I, just, I was so rebuked. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't have to be a people pleaser, but you also don't have to be a bull in a china shop. No, we need to um, we need to find a balance between the two and speak the truth, plain, unadulterated, undiluted truth, With and love. speak it in love. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I haven't done that. So do you think? Do I remember think, I was preaching a sermon one time. Yeah. And uh, it was a whole group of people, and there was a, a one part part of the, part of the sermon that um, was actually really strong, mm-hmm. and for somehow it just seemed to get out of control. You know, the sermon grew a life of its own, and I could see it coming. I'm like. This is not going well. This is going to go off like an atomic bomb. <laughs> I'm like, how do I solve this? And of course, you know, you're, you're trying to uh, multitask here, think and speak at the same time. Doesn't it's not always successful. And I should have been praying instead of thinking, and maybe it would have gone better. But yeah, it went off like an atomic bomb. There were some people in my audience who were very upset. Oh no! <laughs> so how, how is Paul? But it was the truth. Yeah, amen. Always but it could have been truth. presented better. A bit bit kinder, yeah. yeah. So Paul is speaking the truth. Is he doing it with love, you reckon? Absolutely. Amen. He loves these people so much. Mm. And I think this is why he's using such strong language. It's just like they are people he has wondered Jesus Christ and they are being torn away from Jesus Christ, and mm. that's what's breaking his heart. It's mm. like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, these are such precious people, and they're losing this experience of salvation that they could have been enjoying so much. Would you say that any time in the Bible you read strong words, that there is attached to them strong love? Yes, and that's the motivation behind it. Absolutely, it's okay. like it's like Revelation fourteen, where you know God's like, I'm pouring out undiluted wrath. It's it's, it's Jesus coming to us and saying. I've experienced this. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've experienced it and I've been there so that you don't need to. So whatever you do, don't go there. This is not some place that you need to be. 
Strong words equals strong love. Next time you're in the Bible and you come across some strong words, just remember it is with strong love that you should be reading them. We are now going to take a quick break before we come back for Encounter with God Part 3. And we're going to be listening to Anna Beden Knitted. I love knitting. I wonder what this song is about, Lyle. It's about knitting. You'll have to Ooh, find we'll out. see. Fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands You are so fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands And I have called you by name Dearest child You are mine You are precious In my eyes Honored and I Love you I close Anna Beden with Knitted here on Faith FM and we are in the book of Galatians and Mon, why don't you read for us Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 and 12. Sure thing. For 
I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so where did he get his gospel from? What does he say? What, what, what emphasis is he making right here? He got it from a revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so when he's talking to the Galatians here and Galatians have been given a different gospel, he is saying, hey, look, this is not my gospel. Mm-hmm. This is this is this didn't originate with me. I'm just a messenger, don't I'm, you? I'm me? just a messenger. Mm-hmm. I re- received it from Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, and it really reinforces his point in the next couple of verses. Is is in verse 13? You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion. How I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. And so here you find Paul, who is just, he's gone from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. You know, he's extremely against Christianity and now he's extremely for Christianity and he's extremely in favor of the gospel. And so his, the very fact that he was so zealous one way gives weight to the gospel that he has presented because it is so life-changing. He's basically pointing out his conversion. And and he would not have changed Mm. from such a zealous position Mm -hmm. unless something very dramatic and very supernatural had taken place. You don't do that overnight. And he had the power of God to help him make that change. Change is hard. This is is not the kind of thing thing where you are, um, you know, you're just heading up there to Damascus and you're going to... You know, put all these people in jail and lock them up and imprison them and execute them and so forth. And you're laying in bed that night and you go, you know what? I think I'll flip sides. Yeah. Yeah. You don't make that decision lightly. Yeah. It's a huge decision. Something very, very dramatic took place right here. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we need to uh, continue on with this. There's a great statement here. It says this. This comes from the book, The Life of Paul, page 188. Paul's soul was stirred as he saw the evils that threatened speedily to destroy those ch- these churches. He immediately wrote to the Galatians, exposing their false theories with great severity, rebuking those who had departed from the faith. Oh, what great language. His soul was stirred. Oh, love the Absolutely. passion. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's have a, a discussion then about this subject of the gospel. What is the gospel that Paul is presenting here? The gospel that Paul's presenting? I mean, anytime someone says the word gospel, the mm-hmm. first thing that pops into my mind is like a nutshell, which is John 3.16. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's it in a nutshell, right? And the word gospel simply means good news. That is very good news, isn't it? Amazing news. Yeah. And you find it here in uh, Galatians 1 and verse 1, where it says, This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Mm. And, of course, Paul here in his introduction to the letter brings up the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is this an important part of the gospel? Yes, absolutely. Why is the resurrection so important? That's where the power is at. If Jesus had remained dead, like what hope would we have that we were ever that we would ever, you know, cheat yeah, it's kind death? of like what's the point? Yeah, exactly. How would we what's have the, a, What's the point of our life? sins being forgiven mm-hmm. if we're just going to die and remain dead forever anyway? Yeah, yeah. This is where the this is where the the good news really kicks in, where the where the power is. You know, what's the, what's the point of anything? What's the point of this whole Christianity believing in God thing if it's just going to end all the same way? Yeah, 
Yeah. Absolutely. And so then the then Paul places the resurrection as being central to the gospel. Jesus could have come in and he could have lived. He could have set us an example. He could have died for our sins. We could receive forgiveness of our sins. And it is entirely meaningless if he did not come back from the dead. So does that mean that any other religion where their spiritual leader is dead and has remained dead, that those religions are in a way powerless? Well, this is a this is a good a good question, and maybe you're listening today, and you're um, from a different religion, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Hindu or a Buddhist or a uh, you know some some kind of different religion that's out there, and maybe you'd like to comment on Monica's question here. Uh, you can give us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you can text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Maybe even put in a question for the question of the day um, as to the difference where you've got you know. Um, graves here on this earth where people are buried who were the founders of these religions and yet you have an empty tomb yeah where jesus is not there you could almost say it's an empty tomb gospel that's a different title for the gospel than i have ever heard before the empty <laughs> that's tomb what gospel. you want you want empty yeah. tombs but the simple reality is if jesus who is god mm. could not be resurrected from the dead what hope do we have as mere humans. Exactly. But because Jesus, who is God, became a human and did not stop to be God, but became a human and was resurrected from the dead, then the whole gospel has meaning, doesn't it? Amen. Fantastic. Okay, so let's, let's, let's um, discuss another point here. Uh, Galatians 1 and verse 14. Um, we find that Paul here is... Very, had been very zealous for the traditions of the fathers, and we've spoken about that. But he seems to be very intolerant of those who believe differently. Um, why do you think he took such a strong, uncompromising stance? And how would that be viewed in our church today? You mean you mean he's uncompromising for his new views or for his old views? For his new views. He was uncompromising for his old and then he becomes uncompromising for his new. He is a very uncompromising person. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, if, I think it links straight back to what we were just saying. I think if he compromised the gospel, it would devoid it of its power. And while, I'm sorry, we're going to have to stop there because uh, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to be listening to Neil Thompson. Oh, we are too. Talking about love matters because love does matter. So he Absolutely. has a wonderful segment all about love and its importance. And we're going to have a quick song break as well with Anna Beaton, Genuine Love. My heart 
stopping you from living a happier life? Faith FM and We Explore Health would like to invite you to the Nedley Depression and Anxiety Recovery Program, an internationally acclaimed wellbeing course designed to help you get your life back. There are two free introductory sessions to find out if this eight-week program is right for you or someone you know that needs help. You can attend either on Sunday, March 4, 161 Central Road, Nanawading at 2pm or Monday the 5th of March at Box Hill Library at 7.30pm. For more information, call 0491 074 628. That's 0491 074 628 or you can contact us right here at Faith FM. Good morning and welcome back to Family Matters. You're with Neil Thompson on Faith FM. And our question we're looking at today is uh, how do you set yourself up for a successful relationship? I mean, what are the things you look for? What do you avoid in that space? And I think one of the things that, that often will happen in relationships particularly is that people forget the purpose of a relationship. They think that the relationship is all about them. So they start to think about, well, you know, what what's in it for me you know um my partner isn't making me happy you know or or they need to scratch my back some more you know a little bit higher and a bit to the left all of that kind of stuff and when they start to think those kinds of things the you know the what do i need to look for in a successful relationship i think it misses the really big part and the really big part is, who do I need to be to have a successful relationship? In other words, um, what kind of actions do I need to have towards my partner? In what way do I need to serve? In what way do I need to love to express the the quality of relationship that I'm actually looking for in the first place? So if you want a quality relationship, you have to be that. If you want to bring out, if you want your partner to give you your best, you've got to bring your best. I think that's kind of at the heart of great relationship. That's why the Apostle Paul, when he was talking about marriage in Ephesians 5, he would actually talk about, you know, husbands love your wives as Jesus loved the church. I mean, now there's a really high bar. There's a really high standard of how we're to, to do, to, to interact with each other. And he actually says of, uh, of wives that they're to, to love um, 
love and submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So there's a sense in which there's a real mutuality around that. You know, people get hung up about those words and we can talk about those another time maybe. But right now, the principle that I want to share is that relationships are not about you. Relationships are about the other person that you're there with. So if you make that the focus, if you focus on serving, focus on bringing joy to them, then you'll start to notice that um, if they're doing the same back to you, that you'll begin to get the kind of relationship that you're looking for. So what to avoid? Avoid making the relationship all about you. Instead, look for making the relationship about the person you're there with. So start serving them and look for look for new ways. I mean, here's something that Jesus said. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you, and so on. And he finishes that whole passage, this is in Matthew 5, by saying, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And what he means by that is perfect in your capacity to love. I think that's the benchmark for a relationship. So, you know, what is it that you're looking for? How is it that you to, to actually get on? Well, actually look for being a real pro when it comes to the quality of love that you deliver. Now, in that space, all I would say is that there's limits that we come to with that, where if we if we hit a limit that we start to feel used. So here's the thing. At that point, what you need to do is you need to tap into the power of God so that you can continue to love in that way. All right. So you're with Love Matters. This is an important conversation. We're going to continue this on tomorrow in tomorrow's uh time when we're talking so for now stick around this is faith fm we'll be right back after this
was Jaden Levick with I Surrender All. What a great message there is in that song right there. Such a beautiful rendition as well. It's yeah, one of my favourite well songs done. we play on this show. Okay, so we have our question for the day coming from a listener and they have asked this question, how do I get a passion for Jesus and keep that passion burning? Mm. And so just reading behind the lines here a little bit, I perceive that we have somebody here who... Uh, is intellectually convinced that Jesus is Christ, that he is our saviour, that he is the son of God, that he gave his life for us. And so this is somebody that's not necessarily needing evidence that Jesus existed or Jesus is God, but it's like, okay, I'm convinced, I understand Jesus is God, but how do I I get a a passion for that, number one? Mm -hmm. And then number two, how do I keep that burning? So, Mon, what's your thoughts on... I just want to. I just want to specify, like you know, when they say passion, are they are they hoping for a feeling or are they just you know? Because we're we talking about like that's an emotional. A good you know, cause we can't trust our emotions. I don't. You know, the Bible says that the heart is um you know desperately wicked and deceitful above everything. Uh-huh. Um, so I I would encourage this person to not necessarily trust your feelings, but on the other hand, you know, obviously, you know, let's just talk about you know as if the question didn't have anything we need to look behind. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get a passion for Jesus? And I would say um, it's the same as if you you know need to get a passion for another person. You have to get to know them. You have to know all about them, and then your passion for them will grow. And then I think one of the things this person might like to try is actually asking Jesus in your in this person's prayers ask Jesus to put a passion in your heart for him because we of ourselves can't evoke this kind of stuff. We can't no, bring you can't about create this it. kind of change. You can't, you can't sit there and think hard enough, like, oh, whatever. I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him. Yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. We we need that supernatural power mm-hmm. that, that God has promised us mm-hmm. and we – just ask him for it. Ask him to help you love him. I want to go back, Monica, to what you were saying about um, how that passion is not necessarily a feeling. Yeah. And I want to comment on that briefly because, you know, coming from a married relationship mm. and I've been married for, I don't know, 24 years now, something like that. Go on, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and, you know, in a marriage relationship, you know, there are often times when you have very strong feelings for each other, mm-hmm. like really, really deep, strong feelings. And, but anybody who's been married for any length, length of time will also tell you there are days when you feel pretty blah. Yeah. And flat. Well, you don't wake up feeling, you know, rose-colored glasses yeah. and butterflies and stuff. No. But you never fall out of love with that person. That, that, does, that does not mean you have fallen out of love with that person. Mm. And so sometimes if you are looking for a relationship with Jesus where you are getting uh, rose-colored glasses, whether you're getting butterflies, where you're getting a, a burning sen- sensation in the pit of your stomach every time you think about him for the rest of your life, then maybe you're looking for the wrong thing. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I think media and our diet for movies and stuff has really fueled Diluted this. Diluted it. Our, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fueled this burning desire we have. Oh. To be oh, yeah. constantly riding this crest of emotional high, uh-huh. and, and it's uh, and that's a lie. It's absolutely a lie. You know, I, and I when I speak to my marriage fr- married friends, you know, they they do tell me they're like, do you know what? Being married, you know, is is like you said, it's not always this emotional high. Sometimes it's just waking up every day and deciding, do you know what? I still choose my spouse. Yeah, and in this case, I. St- I still know that Jesus is God. I still know that he is the Messiah. I still know that he is the Son of God. I still know he is my Savior. And I still choose to to serve him. Absolutely. With my whole heart. 
So pray, pray, to, pray to God. Ask him to put that love, that passion in your heart. He will absolutely stick to his promises and, and come through for you. Study your Bible. Read more of these promises. We'll be right back with more. Pillay with Never Let Go. And of course, if you'd like to hear Grego sing live, then you can visit his churches where he pastors right here in the local area at Toronto and Bullaroo on a oh. Saturday morning. 
I didn't know he was there. That's yeah. great. Yeah, want more details, then just give us a call here at 1-800-324-843 and we will give you the details or 0491-064-669 if you would like to text us. But, Mon, we have something to give away. We have giveaways. I love giveaways. Free stuff. Who doesn't love free stuff? Yeah. Free stuff's the best. It is. I actually specially picked this one out. Um you know, and I hope the person who sent in our question um, just before the break there is still listening because oh, I yeah. want you to call back and get this free giveaway. All right, get ready okay. with the phone. Get ready, get ready, ready phone. to start typing those numbers. Give us 1-800-FAITH-FM. So this is a book. It's called The Invitation, mm-hmm. and it's true stories that will change your life. Um, so it's stories about people who their lives were destroyed by circumstance, but they were rebuilt by the love of God. Mm. And this is, I think, a powerful way that we can continue to be in love with Christ and fall in love with Christ if we keep looking to Him and looking at what He does for us. You know, we can't help but have our hearts melt by the way that God treats us. Um, and it's interesting, the Bible says that at the end of time, um, that those who overcome Satan overcame him by the word of their testimony. There is a powerful thing in sharing your testimony and there is a powerful thing in hearing somebody else's. And you've got a book here full of other people's testimonies. Yeah, and and it's funny you should say the word powerful because it really says on the back, the first line, it says, you hold in your hands a very powerful book. And that's exactly what it is. So um, to the person who asked the question, you know, this will definitely help you on your Mm -hmm, spiritual journey. mm -hmm. This will, it's, it's almost like modern day Bible stories, you know, what the Lord is doing for his people, you know, today as opposed to you know six thousand so odd years ago so all right if you'd like to receive this book it is called what the invitation give us a call now 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on facebook be the first one and you will get a copy of the invitation who's the editor author of uh this was written by alejandro bullion I like the way you pronounce that. Thanks, I worked on it. It's pretty good, <laughs> I would never have been able to pull that one off. Yeah, do you want me to say it again? Uh, Aliando Brullion. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Now, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, if you would like to study the Bible for yourself, if you'd like to study it with somebody else, if you'd like to study it in a small group setting, if you'd like to study it by correspondence, then give us a call because we can connect you up. We know people who know people here at Faith FM. And we would love to find anywhere in Australia, You can. there is a way that you can study the Bible. And so if you want to know more about it, give us a call on 1-800-324-843. Or just tune in tomorrow. Yeah, or just tune in tomorrow. We've got more great programming coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. We're going to listen to some more of Jaden Levick.
Set apart.